They say it's not about the destination, but the journey. And while every story has a beginning, we're here to talk about the end. Hey everybody, it's Podcast Rob. James Hatton. And we're here for another exciting, fun-filled, morbidly depressing episode of <laughs> The End. What the hell was that? That was, uh, so, for those who haven't read the title card, we're doing Sons of Anarchy. Um, every time that song would play, because I watched this show week to week, um, I would sing the theme song in my grunge Eddie Vedder, you can sing the song without moving your lips version. Okay. Uh, it is, it has been a while since I've watched the show, so the I'm I'm not recalling the theme song. Yeah, I I did a couple episodes to to prepare for this, and I forgot how much of a banger the uh, the title theme is. Doubly so, I want to go back and find the Irish version of the title from the Avall uh, season. Because that was even better, but I thought you were. Do you remember? Uh, you you may have been really young, but there was a there was a, a blues guitarist who did <laughs> a commercial the commercial jingle for the uh, laundry detergent all. Okay, go ahead. Mama gets it out with I forget the guy's name, but like he was a musical guest on Saturday Night Live, like back in the seventies. Sure. Uh, and he looks exactly like how his voice makes him look. <laughs> so when you gotcha. started doing that, I was like, what is, 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 what is he doing? Just doing, doing laundry detergent themes. That's our episode today. I have to look up this guy's name now. We have run out of topics. When we get to today, we're talking about our favorite laundry detergent themes. Just please send us emails saying, guys... It was a good run. Yeah, right. It's time to go. <laughs> Just put it in the back and shoot it. Nope. Today is Sons of Anarchy, uh, the show about our favorite motorcycle riding, gun toting, gangsta living, uh, cool club having, porn doing, gun running, drug stealing. Yeah, they kind of kind of did a little bit of everything, didn't they? Ice cream shopping. <laughs> Did they fund Scoops Ahoy? Um, <laughs> this this show was commonly mentioned in the same breath as Breaking Bad. It was, and I think it's specifically because it is it was an episodic, episodic, dramatic show about a criminal element that seemingly was written with a full story in mind, unlike shows that we have mentioned a thousand times and will not mention again that happen on islands. Um, I think it's... If this wasn't going on at the same time as Breaking Bad, it would be considered higher on the greatest shows uh, list. I think in the same way that, like, Kurt Angle doesn't look like the greatest wrestler because he wrestled at the same time as The Rock and Stone Cold... Yes, Kurt Angle's a great fucking wrestler, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame forever, and he deserves all his accolades. If he had wrestled five years before, he would have been, like, the greatest wrestler of all time until The Rock came. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think that's that Sons of Anarchy before Breaking Bad. Yeah, these did actually, uh, season ones for both series premiered in 2008. What so a they, good year for TV. They ran concurrent with each other, except uh, Breaking Bad ran seven seasons till 2014. I'm sorry, Sons ran seven seasons till 2014. Uh, Breaking Bad ran till 2013. God damn! What a good show. Now, did you watch it episodically? Were you in the? I did not. Bit? I was not. I was not part of the Breaking Bad group. I was not part of the Sons of Anarchy group. Not until uh, I really just started like mainlining uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think I powered through all of Sons of Anarchy. I want to say in like two months. Oh sure, two and a you half. You can bring months? dump that one. It's a lot. It's a seven season show. That's that's not a small investment. And it's thirteen. It, well, it's thirteen episodes per season. Which sure, you know, thank God it wasn't supernatural where I fucking brain dumped <laughs> fourteen seasons of twenty six episodes per season in like four oh. months. Uh, but like, when I get hooked on a Netflix show or when I start watching it and say this is what I'm gonna watch. I can't like, well, I'm going to watch two episodes of this and then I'll go watch an episode of something else and then I'll go check out this movie. No, it's like I'm watching this and I watch it until I'm done with it and then right. or I tap out and then I'll move on to something else. But uh, yeah, no, I powered through this and it's you can tell now that Netflix is far more prevalent than it was when this, you know, when both of these premiered in 2008 that these were written for weekly viewing these were not written with any sort of binge watching in mind specifically yeah, uh, sons fair. of anarchy because you had those episodic cliffhangers mm-hmm. and like the biggest one that just felt silly when watching it on netflix was like you know previously on netflix jack's teller i'm quitting the club now on netflix i'm not <laughs> quitting the club and you're like <laughs> Okay, so he's not quitting. Like, there was just, there was no tension about, oh my God, is he really going to quit? It was just, oh, right. okay, he, 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 no, he's, he's not? All right, all right, yeah. so he's not. Okay, cool. I'm quitting the club, dot, dot, dot. If you guys don't. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> I do remember distinctly the uh, Lost, because Lost was roughly the same time, too. Um, memes of. Jack's in Ireland and Michael looking for Walt. Abel, Walt! Abel, Walt! Abel, Walt! It was nonstop. I'm going to tell you, uh, that's where I almost tapped out on Sons of Anarchy. In the, in the was, I'm looking for my son thing? Was, yeah, when they went to Ireland. Yeah, it's not their best, it's not their best work. Uh... You could take that season out, and I still think you can kind of gloss over, you know, what little story inconsistencies there may have been, and it's still as strong, if not maybe even stronger. Yeah, I think it makes, uh, I think there's one low-bubbling plot line through the rest of the show that pertains to the Irish, but to get a, for a whole season to give you that one bubbling subplot, I yeah. think you can... You can patch it in. You can fill in the context clues. And it was there's so much better stuff. It was fun watching it. that show and having uh, Chibs be the only guy with the wacky accent. And all of a sudden, they're over in Ireland, and Chibs is the normal guy. And you're like, "Well, right. fuck! That's not. He's not as he's not as awesome now." And everybody's doing it. 
Because <laughs> he is like, what I love about that show is each one of those characters, each one of the, the originals, because um, we gain characters and lose characters as they go. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all are such great fucking characters. Like, by and large, Chibs, uh, Happy, Opie, or I'm sorry, Tig, rather. Um, Jeeva Juice, like, Bobby Elvis, they were all so good. Yeah, Happy as well, sorry. Yeah, Chib, um, Chibs and Tig became, like, my favorites. Because they became, like... Uh, so, to tie it in rather topically, they became, yes, like, the Rosencrantz and Gildenstern of the group. Oh, here we go. Uh, fair, 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 fair. Let me allow me to adjust my monocle. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it shouldn't be a great surprise to anybody that that this show was uh, sometimes affectionately, sometimes mildly sarcastically called uh, Hamlet on Harley's. Uh, <laughs> it does follow a lot of story arcs uh, from Hamlet, uh, direct plot points, even. Yeah. Now, it, admittedly, I'm not a Shakespearean guy. I know you are probably closer to uh, having acted in various Shakespearean performances, comedically or not. Like, you you know more about Shakespeare than I got. Okay. I'll give you that. So, uh, feel free to, if you, if you have any Shakespearean references, to throw in here to, to, to up the value of this episode. Well, I mean, the quick... You know, the quick and dirty for those who may not have been aware or for those who may have forgotten. Uh, the whole thing of Hamlet is his father gets murdered. His uncle marries Hamlet's mother, becomes his uncle father, kind of takes over the thing. Hamlet's trying to find out what happened to his father, uh, kind of ripped apart by the whole machinations of it all. Uh, and things slowly go south from there. Lots of death because it is Shakespeare. A lot of people die at the end. Uh, very similar to how Sons of Anarchy started. The ghost of Hamlet's father being played by the uh, the book that his father was writing, the yes. manuscript that he finds, the the new uh, rules, or yeah, on how the on how Sam Crow was supposed to have been founded and everything. Um, that being said, uh, since this is the end, we we focus on the wrapping up. So it was episode ninety two. Episode 13 of season seven, Papa's... Two-parter. Papa's Goods. Uh, yeah, it was a two-parter or at least a double long at about a buck twenty. And yep. the episode prior to that was also same. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, you know, for a the end episode, you're walking... It's one of those where if you weren't walking in with knowledge, you have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, there's so much baggage. And this episode does... A very good job in the fan service. Like Jax walks around. This is the end of of Jax's story. He walks around, kisses everybody on the forehead, sometimes quite literally, and says, "I love you. I gotta go." And they they take each moment with each person, whether it's a porn star, whether it's Wendy, whether it's his kid, um, and they have this long. Even Chucky, they they have this long beat where the camera stays on that character just a hair extra and you're like oh this is the last time i'm seeing that character yep got it cool check that one off the list yeah yeah they wanted you to kind of they wanted to drive home the fact that this wasn't just your average love you bye it was a right love you bye and it's said with such weight that each of them know it like they each time they they look longer the, there's a moment where you go, okay, they get that this there's something up. 
They don't know what's happening. They don't know why Jax is going to jail or Jack dying or the club's blowing up or whatever. But they do know something's wonky. Well, and that's just it. I think for a bunch of them, they may have thought that he was just like going to prison for life. Because right. he had been working with the feds and he had given a lot of shit up and a lot of people up. Um, and this was kind of like to to cleanse his soul, to kind of put shit right, because he started to remember and realize that he was becoming the thing that he hated in Clay, uh, and probably getting further and further and further from what his father would have wanted the club and him to be. Yeah. So... He he turned evidence on a lot of stuff, and then he went back to his group, uh, to Tig and Chibs and all them, and basically said, hey, this is what I just told Patterson. L- let her know everything. Yep. Uh, and you have to stay true to the club. You have to hold a mayhem vote. Now, for those of you who may have forgotten, the mayhem vote was, you know, who are we going to whack? The club Mr. had to mayhem. be, yeah. The club had to be in 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 unison that somebody was going to meet Mister Mayhem. Um, so Jax knew what he was getting himself into. He knew what the rules of the club were. He didn't want the rules of the club changed or augmented just for him, because that would have made how far the club had already drifted from what their original ideal was even worse. Yep. There's the other aspect of that is uh, he had. In the death of Tara, which he ended up having killed a member of a different um, son's group. Mm-hmm. So he went to them first, said, look, I did it. And they were like, that's going to be a mayhem vote. And they were like, he's like, yeah, I, I dig. Mm-hmm. Your people are going to have to be in on this and know what's going on. He's like, yup, I know. And I'm, and he's, I'm going to stand with all of it. Like, I'm, I'm biting. I understand. Yep. So... He, they passed it to his group, and that's when he he lays it all out and says, "Look, this is this is what I did. This is how I did it." You know, Mister Green in the billiard room with the wrench, my mom uh, in the living room with Jusa, and my wife. Yep. So they he brings them in on sort of one of the things I liked about this show, and it's a couple of the season finales all have these very heist movie scams that they run. Mm-hmm. That Jax is, is, I want to say, always the mastermind of. Um, and this finale is no different. Like, they vote Mr. Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And there is this beautiful scene where he walks in and, like, we've seen, uh, like, we saw what's his shit Clay do. Like, we've seen a couple people do. They walk in and everybody's sitting in the back room. They take off their, they take off their cut. Um, and then they get worked. In this instance, though, so you think Jax is walking in to get worked by his buddies. Like, they're all just going to be, like, crying while they beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, though, he takes off his patch. He passes presidency. And then it goes a little it goes a little sideways because they make it look like they're going to mayhem him, shoot Happy in the hand, hand him a bike, and say, do what you got to do. So the, the sort of bit here is is that they're making it look like he, they did mayhem him, and he blew cover so they can save face. Yep. Uh, yeah, they even say in here... Uh, uh, where do we have it here? Yeah, Shibs basically tells him, 
I'll tell him you laid down some fire and got away. Yep. Uh, and Jax even tries to stop them. He's like, I would never put this burden on you. And they're all like, look, shut up. Yes, we know. Get out of here. Go. Yep. Go do what you got to do. We know. Yep. We know what's coming. And they sort of hug, kiss goodbye. So that's, but I mean, for the viewer, you're like, oh, there's a switch. Because everything is kind of leading up to the viewer believing, hey, cool, Jax is going to get off. Hamlet dies at the end of Hamlet. This is... This is how this is going to go down. And, and then this it, and then this scene doesn't do that. Right. Especially and especially because it's his club doing it, like it's mm-hmm. his boys. There's there's a poetic ending to it that they're forced to destroy him. Um and I would say symbolically that's not the way the show wanted to go because I think symbolically they didn't want to end quote unquote Sam Crow. Like that's not the ending we want. By killing Jax, you're sort of killing the heart of it. Um, I think they wanted to just say, no, this is the end of Jax's story. The story of Sam Crow is still going. You can see it on Netflix with the Mayans. I don't know. I've never watched an episode. Well, but, I think if they, I think if, I think if the rest of the club had killed him, I mean, Sam Crow would still go on because the presidency right. had passed, the vice presidency had passed, all the positions had passed. Everybody was still taking over those new spots. Um... It's just. But it would be a different ending. It would, it would. It would feel different. Yeah, because this is about uh, the ending of this. Is I mean, it greatly differs from Hamlet in that respect. Where you know, in Hamlet, he gets poisoned in a duel, and it's kind of not his choosing the way he goes out. But here, I think since Jax was really trying to rid his soul of all of the burdens that he had put on it. Sure. Even though earlier this episode he whacks like four other people in the show <laughs> getting to this point. Um it wasn't the right way for him to go out. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um So yeah, so he splits uh the police put out an APB for him, uh for all the people that he had killed on the way to this point in the episode. Right, which we sh- just as a we should mention are all sort of the the villains of prior seasons that hadn't gotten their comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the old Irish that was sort of running the the runner between the the old guard versus the new guard. who ran the general store. There was uh, the two sort of corporate black dudes uh, who I can't remember what part they played, but I remember uh, they were well, bad dudes. August Marx was one of them. Thank you. Uh, and he, I forget the name of the other guy, but Marx was one of the guys who they had the, uh, I think they were running guns with and, yeah. and shit went sideways for them like around season four or so. Um, and they kind of had that, he was like a big bad for that season yeah, but since exactly. they didn't get rid of him, he was like that looming threat that always kind of showed up when shit's already bad enough that, oh, fuck, and now Marx is here too. Great. <laughs> like, he, he would kind of roll in on those kind of things. Um, um, so that brings and us that to was where like, they that was very APB. bold, too. Oh, yes. Because, so, uh, there's weird symbolism, too. Uh, he had seen this homeless woman, like, everywhere. And he sees her uh, behind uh, the courthouse where August Marks uh, and his partner are. And he finally, like, he's seen her throughout the whole show. 
and he finally asks, like, who are you? I've seen you everywhere. And she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say her name. She doesn't say anything. But she hands him this big gray wool army blanket that she's been, like, you know, enshrouding herself in. Uh, she hands it to him and says, it's time. And then the camera kind of stays put as they walk away. And there's, uh, like, a hunk of bread and, like, an old, like, $3 bottle of wine mm -hmm. that's left in its place. Very kind of Catholic-y, this is my body, this is my blood kind of and symbolism going on. Funny enough, you say that. I went and, having watched the last episode, was like, I, what was it about the homeless girl? What is it about? I went and I looked, it, I looked it up. There's a bunch of theories, but Kurt Sutter has basically just outright said, she's Jesus Christ, You're, it's fine. Yeah. Which I do find amusing in so much as, if if in fact she is Jesus Christ, Son of God, um, she is interacting specifically with Jax and I believe at other points Gemma, um, and she's saying, "Look, we know you got to go wreck some shit. Here's a blanket to help you pass the time, you know, to to make it work." But also to the same, I think it's as much a this is the end of your journey. You know, whether she's whether it's symbolically a death shroud, whether it's whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the it's time was now go kill that motherfucker. Right. <laughs> I think it was more it's your time. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like he huddles himself up in the blanket like a homeless person, like right in the middle of the courthouse steps. And Marks and his partner come walking out in their, you know, thousand dollar three piece suits and they walk right past him thinking he's a homeless dude. Yep. And then in a very kind of Michael Bay, John Woo kind of way. He kind of stands up and throws the blanket off all slow-mo, pulls the gun out and just pop, 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 right there on the courthouse steps and then runs off. And I'm like, that's bold. <laughs> it's the exact word for bold. <laughs> on the like courthouse steps right where there, there are never in front cops. Of everybody, like not even wait till he gets in the car. Uh, so they've got him for... The general store guy, they've got him for those two guys. And the the biggest one of all that he turned the he showed the evidence on, explained everything to the cop, uh, to the detective about his his mom, Unger, and the story with Tara. Yep. He killed his mom and Unger. Mm -hmm. So when they go look at the place he said they were and they find him dead, they're like, Well, all right, we know Jax did it. So he's got four or five bodies. Yeah. And I gotta tell you the, the cops are ready. The entire series that I was watching, like, Gemma couldn't have fucking got it fast enough. Oh. Like, I mean, she's a great actress. I, I, great you know, villain. I, she was great in this series. And I know, yes, in Hamlet, she makes it right till the very end, you know, before Hamlet's mother dies. But it was just like, she, she, she needs to go. She... <laughs> Fucking uh, Clay went earlier than his uncle did in the play. She could have gone way earlier and I would have been happy, but I guess she kind of needed her there to be that foil. But it was just like every time he thought maybe he was kind of starting to turn his life. Oh, there's fucking Gemma. Oh, yep. my God. The bitch needs to die. I mean, that's and that speaks to, to Katie Seagal as, as how wonderfully shitty she was and how connivingly sneaky and self-protecting she was. You know, the reason she kills Tara is because she fears she won't see her grandkids. Like, that's the only reason Tara dies. Yeah. It's 
it was wonderful how she played that part other than her singing a couple episodes. Yeah. And there are, there are uh, actors and actresses that like personally, I just can't stand to watch. I don't like them in anything. So when they play a villain, it's that much easier for me to just fucking hate them as the villain because I don't like you as a person. So awesome. But like, I don't have that kind of animosity for her. So for her to get that kind of a rise out of me and just that kind of a hatred over her character, I mean, kudos to her. Right. You know, because she really just made you loathe like every second she was on the screen. And very similar to Breaking Bad, it's real difficult when you're doing a show where everybody's a fucking shitheel to try to get any sort of sympathy for anybody on either one of those shows yeah i mean a show about villains is a show about villains yeah i mean hey i'm the i'm the the nicest guy out of the murderer club you know it's just like (laughs) that's kind of what it comes down to no you're right uh uh, nero you could kind of get behind because he was kind of getting out of that life he was almost out of that life until he met Gemma and jackson almost started sliding uh back into it with the whole strip club and everything but uh, he still kind of, you know, stayed the straight and narrow. He's probably one of the more redeeming characters to get involved with Jackson, Gemma, and the family and the club and still sure. kind of keep it where he was trying to get to. Yeah, he's a uh, Nero's probably, I mean, he's the one that they send off Wendy with the kids with. Mm hmm. And it makes the most sense because, like you said, if there's one person who has a moral compass in that show, like Nero's big struggle was, Ugh, I don't want to be a gangbanger anymore. And I keep like these people keep using my old life against me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you that everybody else kind of fuck, kind of a murder. I mean, no matter how much you love Tig and no matter how much you're, you're like, I could be friends with Chib. They've all shot somebody in the chest because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or, you know, in the case of Tig, fucked a corpse. <laughs> or four. I mean, Tig was funny. You know, he was he was comic relief. Him and Chibs were both kind of comic relief. But yeah, they were still dirty fucks. But they were they were they were the funniest guys in the Murderers Biker Club. <laughs> um. But yeah, they were still like not they they were only the funny guys compared to Bobby and Clay and and Opie and everybody else in the group. If they, if just left to their own devices, they're you know, they're uh what the fuck's his name? I can't think of the guy's name now. In uh Con Air, he was also in Armageddon, uh, Buscemi. Oh yes, yeah, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, where he where, where Buscemi's sitting on the plane, he goes, "I once drove through seven states wearing a small girl's head as a hat." Like that's their comedy. So yeah, they're right, funny compared to Clay, but they're not funny if left to their own devices. They're they're funny on a show. They're not funny in your local Walmart. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, they have that constant buzzing around them from all the cameras turning to look in their direction. But uh. So, yes, Jax does escape. He gets on his bike and he goes off basically to where his dad uh, had crashed. Yeah, his dad was, uh, 
I, and I don't remember the nuance. There's a lot of subtlety as to what exactly happened, but it is in direct correlation. It's in relation with Clay and Gemma, the, the last generation. Yep. Um, and Jax has been there to kill both Gemma and Clay. Mm-hmm. And so it is the place where he hit a truck. Yep. If I remember correctly, it is because uh, they fucked with his bike. I believe you're correct. And there is a little, like, they throw a minor, just a blip of doubt in that whole narrative. And it's been the long-running narrative of most of the show. Um, where Jax is talking to the, the rock where they've carved in JT's name. Um, and he goes, I know what you did, and I know why you did it. Yep. Before a cop kind of drives by, goes, hey, isn't that? Oh, shit. Um, and then the chase begins. But did that little bit of like, did JT do this to try and make good? Or, huh. I don't think, I think the, the answer is still that Clay fucked him up. But it does emotionally make a really nice sort of balance between the two stories. Uh, so yeah, it does say here that John was hit by a semi-truck in 1993 and dragged 178 yards. He lived two days before dying from his injuries. Before his death, he wrote the manuscript called The Life and Death of Sam Crow, How the Sons of Anarchy Lost Their Way. So yeah, so he did A indeed... novel by Sapphire. What was that? I said a novel by Sapphire. Yeah. Uh, so yes, he did indeed get hit by the truck, uh, and that was his out. Uh, the cops do see Jax, and they're like, hey, that's whoop whoop, and they start whoop. following him. Uh, and then Jax turns around and shoots at the cop, but no, not at the cop. Like he right. shoots near the cop, like over the cop, yeah, just so that just the cop will enough. call more backup. So now it's like a huge, you know, it's like the scene in the Blues Brothers where it's like 400 cop cars all following him. But it was like the OJ chase. Yeah. Because they already going like 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. Nobody was like rolling up and screaming tires past him to try to cut him off and stop him. They're like, he's not flooring it. So maybe we'll just follow along at this leisurely pace and see where this goes. <laughs> maybe he'll go to a Waffle House. <laughs> maybe he'll stop for gas. Get ourselves a Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity. Uh, so yeah, this and go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, and it's during that that last scene. At this point, everybody watching the show who has watched the show for longer than a season knows probably what's going to happen. Um, so they give you that montage of the last moments of pretty much everybody that's left in the show that you might give a shit about, including some of the bodies that are dead and currently rotting. Right. Um, they show the club, and it's just everybody sitting, recognizing that, like, hmm. There's an imbalance in the force right now. You can just tell in all of them. Yeah. So uh, the truck driver, this is not the first time we've seen the truck driver. My one flaw with the episode. Go ahead. Uh, the truck driver's first appearance was the previous episode where he actually gives uh, Gemma a ride to her father's nursing home. And they kind of become friends. I don't know whether anything actually happened between them. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, there's, they sort of flirt with each other, and then 
they sort of are not flirting with each other, but that could still be sort of flirting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything physical happened. I think... Right, but there's an Gemma's, emotional moment. Gemma's a flirt, and he's, you know, a long-haul truck driver, and now he's got, you know, some, you know, pretty MILF sitting in the seat next to him, yeah. uh, who's kind of, you know, playing off of his line. So, yeah, it was... It was like so, travel flirting. Can you tell me, just maybe you know, maybe you don't, from a Hamlet perspective, if there's any symbolism in that, because I found... In so much as this character we've met once who was driving east to west at this point, he's a long haul trucker. Sure. He's now going back west to east. And it just so happens this is the truck that. No, not that. I mean, not that I can think of off the top of my head or remember, not without doing like a deep dive into parallel symbolisms. Yeah. But it, the whole the Hamlet thing, thing he's fighting, I believe it's Laertes at the end. Uh, and Hamlet's father poisons Laertes' blade. Not, I'm sorry, Hamlet's uncle father, I believe, poisons Laertes' blade, or Laertes <laughs> does it himself, so that uh, it's a duel to first blood, uh, but now it's the scratch is what kills Hamlet, but not mm. right away. And then as a backup plan, his uncle father poisons Hamlet's drink, and as Hamlet starts to... Uh, get affected more and more by the poison, uh, his mother, who's watching the duel with his uncle father, uh, starts to get the vapors, grabs the, grabs the drink and drinks it, and the, the uncle father's like, no, that's... Mm, fuck. <laughs> she dies, Hamlet starts to die, uh, Hamlet uses Laertes' blade, kills Laertes, and then runs his uncle father through and then dies. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's any real parallel to Milo, the truck driver. Right. And um, I guess, <clears throat> I guess the idea there is that this is some, this is like the last person, everything that Gemma ever touched turned to shit. Uh, I think they felt it was some sort of poetic wrapping of everything up. Yeah. You know, I'm the, sure the guy is. who brought, uh, you know, the, one of the last people who saw Gemma, and brought her to where she was going uh, was also the guy who killed Jax. I don't know. It, it seemed odd that it was the same guy, and I don't know if it was originally written that way. Uh, or yeah, Nor do I. It's a weird one. I'll just say that if there is one thing in the entire thing, uh, the entire last episode's, that throws me off. I think without that, if they never even showed the guy in the truck, I would have been just as fine. Um, I know there is a subplot earlier in the series, like we're talking season two or something, where there is a subplot about uh, the guy whose wife died in reference to JT hitting his truck. So I'm sure there's some sort of parallel between that as well. Like this is just history repeating itself. That another I mean, it life could be, but I don't necessarily know that it had to be the same guy that brought, you know, yeah. that, that Gemma hitched a ride with. Um, it just, it's a know. weird one. Yeah. I don't know. That said, but, uh, also uh, played by Michael Chiklis. That's true. It was Michael Chiklis. Little, I knew a uh, little fun fact. Yeah. It was the, 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 the thing. And there were some weird crossovers, too, because Chiklis uh, also appeared in the TV show The Shield, 
which is the song called The Shield that was playing in Juice's cell in season four finale. So that just, is that is very much a you know uh, Kennedy's secretary was Lincoln and Lincoln's secretary was Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Jack's driving down the road, sees the truck coming around the the bend. Uh, when he comes, guns guns the engine, takes his hands off the handlebars, and kind of does the whole, you know, I'm the king of the world pose, or <laughs> you know, the crucifix pose, whatever you want to call it. Uh, kind of closes his eyes. Uh, Milo, I don't remember what he was doing. Like he was eating a sandwich or tying his shoe while he was driving or something, but he wasn't looking at the road. Right. Uh, cause it's like at the very last second, he kind of looks up and you see him kind of mash on the brakes. But by then Jax is like four feet from the front of his Peterbilt. Um, and the last line, uh, of the series. Please. I uh, it, this it's, to you. it's him screaming Jesus right before. <laughs> Uh, he plows into Jax. Uh, and then the camera cuts away, uh, and there are these two crows that are on the side of the road, and they're eating this chunk of bread that has this wine stain on it, and the camera hangs on them, and then one flies away, and quickly the other one flies away, and then this this just growing pool of blood from off-camera starts seeping into the frame uh, across the open road. There we get that. Sort of chunky guitar. Yep. It's a damn good show. I, uh, I, I, uh, most of it was a good show. I can't yeah, like the, uh, overall it was a good show. Yes. It did have its bad seasons. It did have its, uh, episodes that were just like, yeah. When it's good though. Well, I'll say this when it was good, it was really good TV. Yes. And, and even when it was bad, it wasn't terrible. It was only bad, again, it was only bad because the other episodes were so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. On a regular show, or on an average show, the bad episodes still would have been it's a pretty goddamn good episode. Right. But uh, it was just, they were not as good as some of the other ones. And I mean, that's going to be the case. Uh, yeah, it's just that when, it, when a show's batting, you know, near a thousand for most of its run, those episodes that only bat 600, which is still fucking awesome. You're like, well, fucking 600. That's a piece of shit. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really rough to, to gauge them all. Now, have you done any of, uh, the Mayans? I have not. Uh, it I is on Hulu. To... I have Hulu. I mean, I, I may check it out at some point. Yeah, I'm sure I will. I also haven't done uh, Better Call Saul, which I've heard is very good. Uh, I watched the first season, and the first season was really good. And I have to tell you, it could have ended after the first season, and I would have been Mm -hmm. okay. Um, The advertising on it was very poor. Sure. To the fact that... I think they're up to season four or five and like the last season. And I didn't even know until last year that there was more than season one. (laughs) Um, Like that's how poor Netflix can be on announcing new shit that's hit it. You know, like they push what they want to push and they don't really push what they don't really care too much about. It seems. Which is very strange. Like yesterday, um, we had just finished, and this is you know related but unrelated. We had just finished watching uh, what show was it? Oh, Dracula, mm-hmm. which uh, pay attention to an upcoming episode. 
but it was advertising Stranger Things to me. Like, that was the top banner show to watch. Hey, watch Stranger Things. What, again? Don't you have new shit since then? Yeah, like, if you go to their new releases, there's shit on there that they released, like, 16 months ago. Right. That's still on their new releases. And then shit, like, Into the Spider-Verse wasn't even on there for the first three weeks it was on Netflix. So it's like, what What the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, they <laughs> like, make some stupid decisions. The, um, I'm sure you've experienced this. Have you had it where you've highlighted a movie going, oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, I've definitely seen this. And you can roll away. And then like two days, three days later, you load up it and it's the same movie with a different picture. But I you hate don't know that. it till you roll over and you go, oh, shit, I got caught again. I absolutely hate that they kind of change that title card image. Uh, it almost seems like on a regular fucking basis. Oh, I think it's on, it's super on purpose. Um and I also don't like that you used to be able to hover over the title card and mm-hmm. it would give you the little description of what it was. Now you actually have to hit like the down arrow and hit details and pull up a whole other page that gives you uh, like a rundown of what this episode, what this show is about. Uh, what yeah. it all gives you now is like a little fucking like trailer. And you can't turn off the trailers. Like it's and they are the same. They start over every time you roll over it. So you roll over. I don't know. So let's say Stranger Things. You thought that, and you're on to the next thing, and you roll back over just incidentally. You thought that. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you, you thought that. Oh, mm. there was a uh, Reddit Ask Me Anything with a Netflix executive, and the first question was, "I'm going to ask you this first to save you from answering it a thousand times. Will this?" conversation help us get rid of autoplay video and it was like upvoted tens of thousands of times yeah and, and, they, and we probably all know it. oh guaranteed they yeah. for some reason they like it ah stupid netflix anyway i am looking forward to someday in the future now that i've watched the last two episodes again probably pushed it back a bit but it's so well acted it was so much fun not fun being a strange word here, but it was such a good show. Um, it, it makes me want to go back to it eventually. Revisit Sam Crow. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I've rewatched. Uh, I've rewatched Agents of Shield a couple times, like the entire series, but that's still kind of going on. That's not over yet. Is it still going? On? I think this is the last season coming up. The one that's okay. about to be broadcast, I believe, is the last one. Um, but yeah, there's been a couple shows. Like I read, I have rewatched Dexter, but I I stop after season four because mm-hmm. uh, there's really no point after that. Yeah, I got mine that I've rewatched a few times. You yeah. know, other than like classics like Quantum Leap, but I, I just redid The Magicians, which is a huge favorite of mine. Okay, I've never watched the The Magicians. It's good. Okay. Oh, it's very good. Very different show, though. Um, so what about you guys out there in the Somethingverse? What do you think of uh, Sins of Anarchy? Did you catch up with it while it was on? Did you catch it all on DVDs? Uh, to answer this question, as, lo- as well as what is a DVD, you can leave your comments below this post here on the website or on any of the numerous locations in which we have something stuff, such as Facebook and Twitter. 
Yeah. Rob, take it away. You can find all those places on somethingcast.com. It is the something repository for all things something. Uh, you can find shop.somethingcast.com there, which is links to Really Shameless Vinyl, uh, Scratch the Surface, our various uh, tea public t-shirt shops, uh, all of the buttons and widgets and doodads and thingamabobs uh, that get you to the Twitter and the Facebook and the RSS feed and every place that you can find uh, your favorite podcasts and ours as well. Um, thingamabobs? I got 20. So, uh, so yeah, check us out. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitter at STSTCast and follow us on Twitch. We should put our Twitch thingamabob on the show. We on sure the, the should. Page as well. Uh, Twitch.tv slash something something cast. Uh, I have been trying to go on uh, a little bit more regularly lately and trying to play some games, do some Hearthstone, do some Blood Bowl 2, some stuff like that. Just downloaded MechWarrior Online, so there might be some of that going on. Uh, but once a month, we are on there... Uh, streaming us recording an upcoming episode, which, well, we're recording it today, uh, but just this morning on the 21st, uh, we dropped uh, an episode that was recorded while being streamed on Twitch, and we had people in the chat room, and they were interacting with us real time, so if you want to get in on that next one, uh, the next one will be recorded on Tuesday night, February 4th, mark your calendars. Uh, but yeah, join us on twitch.tv slash something something cast. Join us in the chat room. Uh, interact with us along. You get to hear the episode first before anybody else. Before we even fix any mistakes we might feel are bad <laughs> enough that we should probably fix. Which I was we about to say, usually you also don't get, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you get to learn how little we edit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this, doesn't, this doesn't sound any different. Nice. Just them, huh? It's, it's the theme music. That's the, that's the edit. <laughs> that's I was kind of curious to see how much they ummed and erred. No, they don't um and err, but yep. man, they don't. They they do chomp their teeth a lot. <laughs> so, with that said, thank you guys for joining us for the end. Let us all know uh, what you want us to watch, and we probably will. So, I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. It's been the end. Later. Uh.